Before we start this podcast today, Bitchfest would just like to acknowledge the traditional custodians on the land on which we are recording today, the Ngunnawal people, and we pay our respects to their elders past, present and emerging. Um, just to let you guys know, a uh, quick trigger warning, we are going to be talking about disordered eating and eating disorders, as well as talking about plastic surgery and our views and opinions on promoting plastic surgery in a online sphere. So if you think any of this stuff might trigger you or is something that you are quite sensitive about, please listen at your own discretion. And yeah, enjoy the podcast. Welcome to Bitch Fest, bitches. Welcome back for episode number three, week number three. We're here, we're ready to rumble. We're all tired, but we're pushing through. <laughs> Girl boss vibes. So today we are recording on Tuesday, the 5th of October, which when you're listening to this, if you remember back to earlier in the week, you may have woken up wondering why none of your friends were responding to your messages on Facebook and none of your messages were sending. And that was because there was a blockout. What is it called? Shutdown. Shutdown. (laughs) Of everything that Facebook owns, I think. So Facebook, Instagram, WhatsApp, all down. I was looking this morning, it was out for six hours and Mark Zuckerberg has personally lost over 5.9 billion US dollars in that six hour period. And as a result, Facebook stocks plummeted 4.9% during this period, which is huge and got us thinking about this topic of people who depend on social media apps like Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter for their career path and for their income to come in. As all the Instagram influencers were fretting this morning as Instagram was down, we thought we would speak more generally about influencer culture just because there's so many things that we can cover within it and it's so big at this point in time. And I feel like our generation is sort of paving the way in terms of what an influencer is, what this career path even consists of. So I guess we were interested in exploring the culture around being an influencer and what the effects of influencers promoting various things to their followers has on their followers as well as why these people do it, what leads them to take the path of being an influencer you know is this just only going to become a more inevitable career path or is this something that is just happening now amy what are your thoughts broadly on this topic are you interested in it not really interested in it how does it play into your life i never watched youtube or anything so honestly sometimes i'm kind of clueless of all that like YouTube celebrities and stuff. But one thing that I have been noticing at the moment is like the spread of news, especially on TikTok and Facebook. It's just like 
I have friends that at the moment because of that pandemic don't want to check the news because they don't want to find out the updated like COVID cases and stuff like that but then their news in quotation marks that gets presented to them is literally on TikTok like people saying false information and I hear them repeat that information and it's stressful because you don't know who to blame like do you blame the platform do you blame the person posting that do you blame the person watching it and then just repeating a fact that was said by someone on TikTok as if it was gospel and that it something has to change I think where does that come from for me I think law and legislation of what can be put on and the site should be responsible but how do you control what someone is uploading why don't we just discuss more broadly for people that don't understand what the influencer career path really is or what like Estelle what do influencers do judging from a complete outsider's perspective because I've never been an influencer nor do I have close relations with an influencer but I guess these are people who build a career of promoting various products and being sponsored by various companies and using their inherent good looks to sell an image, sell a brand to their followers. But I do think it's changing. I think if, we, if we're thinking of the classic trope of what influencers do, it's very much that. It's a big marketing thing based off how you look. But I do think it's starting to evolve and we've definitely started to see some new influencers pop up in the space like Kath Ebbs, Flex Mommy, and people like that who are a lot more candidly talking about the importance of having realistic body standards, realistic beauty standards, and who are a bit more selective with what they're going to promote to their followers, which is really great. But with that being said, there's for, you know, the short kind of pickings here and there of those kind of influencers who are promoting better things. There's millions of other (laughs) influencers out there who are just making their career out of selling whatever the fuck they can. Yeah, and I think within this has emerged this whole group of people in our generation and younger who are making huge amounts of money, especially for someone their age, from perceived from people from our parents generation it's this idea of oh they're just filming themselves what they do every day what they eat and they're making millions of dollars from it a classic example I think of is Emma Chamberlain uh, who's I think 20 years old lives in LA has over 11 million subscribers on YouTube and is worth over 12 million dollars that sort of money, wealth, success at such a young age has now become what people can aspire to be when they go into this influencer profession. I think the term influencer is something that has been formed recently, but I think influencers have been around for ages. Yeah. Emma Chamberlain is not like an OG influencer. Like I think... All the people that got their start on reality TV 
I would consider an OG influencer, the people who were Facebook famous, the Kirk Coleman's of, of Australia were our influencers when we were growing up because they promoted a brand and a lifestyle of living that didn't align with us and what we were doing and what we were allowed to do as kids as well. This sort of goes on to the next topic, but regardless of whether we think their job is easy or not, the reality is they are having a huge impact on younger people or just people in general who view their content. What do we think in terms of there is a huge rise in influences promoting a lot of things like big procedures affecting people's bodies, things like plastic surgery, boob jobs, all that sort of stuff. What do you guys think about influences? Like on one end of the spectrum, it's people like the Kardashians. And then on the other end, it's sort of minor Australian influences who are promoting plastic surgery to their audiences who are largely young females. What do you guys think about that? People that are getting paid to promote it or people that are just getting plastic surgery and sharing it? Well, I think it's both. So for some, it's these, like for the Kardashians, I don't think they would be getting paid. Well, they don't really promote it directly, but it's very obvious within them that they've had things done. However, there's the other end of the spectrum of girls who are doing those sort of procedures and then will offer advice or discount codes on where they've had the procedure done, how you can get a discount or whatever if you get it done by the same place as them. What do you guys think about that? It's a really hard topic to to navigate because, like, we, we all have friends, I'm sure, that have had at least Botox or plastic surgery or and stuff like that. And in those times you support it and know that that's what they want or why they want it it's hard because in one sense everyone's allowed to do what they want to their bodies and they shouldn't feel ashamed to talk about it I think it just has to be talked about in a more positive sense of like this is why I got it instead of pushing other people to do it. Yeah, I personally haven't seen too much like content out there with influencers promoting plastic surgery and like offering discount codes and stuff. But I think when it comes to something like that, whatever intention you're putting out is the more important element of the whole discussion. Because at the end of the day, people are going to get plastic surgery regardless of people talk about it or not. And there's always going to be people in the public space who, like many influencers and almost, I would argue, majority of influencers benefit off their good looks or their, you know, enhanced features or whatever. I'd much prefer influencers being honest about their body modifications and what they've had done so that they aren't just promoting an unrealistic beauty standards to people who are following them who just think that fuck I can't look like that my boobs can't look like that like my nose can't look like that when in reality their nose didn't look like that their boobs didn't look like that but with that being said 
there has been a bit of an influx in this kind of just normalization of going and getting plastic surgery. I've seen a lot of stuff on TikTok in the last year or so, especially with like bigger influencers like Mia Khalifa. And now it's starting to become a trend outside of the influencer space where people just upload their nose job checks. It's a really tough discussion because I, yeah, I'm really torn. I remember in high school, kind of the like rude gossip that would be about people that like, oh my God, she got a nose job, but like it's a massive secret and it's embarrassing and stuff like that. At least now it's kind of like, oh yeah, like I got a nose job. My my main worry with it, a particular influencer in Australia who I know for a fact, I would say 90% of the girls who follow her would be under the age of 23, 22, filmed her whole boob lift surgery. And while that's doing exactly what you've said, Amy, of sort of breaking down the barriers in terms of this disguise and mystery around procedures, my immediate thought when watching it was if I had watched this when I was younger, I might have looked at that and thought, oh, shit, do I need to get that too? So I think it's also about knowing your audience and knowing the impact that it's going to have. If most of your audience, if you're 50 and most of your audience are adults and are very hopefully able to make up their own minds on things and critically think for themselves and have a bit more assurance in who they are, that's one thing. But if you, for a fact, and influencers know this because that's how they market, they know the statistics and they know the analytics of what their client base is. If you know for a fact that the majority of people that you're talking to are teenage girls, I feel like you do have a level of responsibility in terms of the image that you're then pushing onto them of, hey, maybe this is something that you should consider. Thinking from that influencer's perspective, though, Liv, in their brain, do you think they would have felt worse had they not spoken candidly about it and then were flaunting their body in bikini pictures, flaunting an image that is unrealistic to their followers? Because mm. I'd imagine if, if you, if you know, like you can, I, I, you can argue two sides that, yeah, she's promoting to a, an audience that is too young to be consuming, you know, plastic surgery content. But at the same time, is it worse that she just doesn't address it and, you know, goes upon, upon living her life with this new body and not being, not being transparent and open with her followers about it? Yeah, I get your point. And I definitely agree that it's better that she's addressing it rather than, again, having this mystery around it. However, I found the video really jarring in the sense of the way that she was speaking about her body before and her body after. And I found that the way that she was speaking about her body before, even if she does this disclaimer of, oh, if you have boobs like mine, you know, and you're comfortable with them, then, you know, you should be proud of that. But I just personally hate my boobs. It's just a bit like, well, if you're a kid watching that and thinking, oh, I look like that, you're obviously going to think what she thinks. Well, so are you though? 14, 15, you're already super insecure. You're seeing all this shit all over Instagram. 
You're not going to be yeah. like, I believe in my body and my body is normal because you've got someone in front of you saying, oh, I've got that body and I'm changing it. Yeah, yeah. I think it depends on the person though. I don't think every 14-year-old hates their boobs. I think it depends on the person. I depends on what they're promoting. At the end of the day, if people are insecure and they want to change something about their body, they're going to seek it out regardless of what's being shown to them. But I actually don't agree with that. I do not agree I don't with that agree at all. It can still be hurtful. Like I, for example, I'm like, I've always felt confident in my body and like totally fine with my body size. But whenever like a friend talks who's skinnier than me, says they're getting fat or they're embarrassed about their weight, it hurts my feelings because that's not just them saying that about themselves. That's saying that they're too fat. So therefore I'm too fat and it's rude. Like it's the same thing. I have a friend, she's one of my really close friends, and she is getting a boob job. She's getting her nipples lifted so that they're perkier, and she's also getting her labia redone so that it's designed really nicely. And she's literally said to my face, it's because I feel insecure because, like, I see the people online do it and they look really hot and like porn stars and stuff and I want to like keep up with that and she said that she feels really insecure about literally the way her nipples are pointing and her labia and it's just so sad she's dropping literally thirty thousand dollars on that because she's like I'm too embarrassed to be naked in front of a man that's when for me I'm like this is like fuck Can I just say you cannot argue that these images in the media and the media is now Instagram, YouTube, girls on these platforms. You cannot argue that that does not have an effect on these people because porn is the same thing. You know, you can... I'm I'm not saying that it's not going to have an effect, but I don't think... I think different things affect different people. But what I'm saying is, yes, of course, there's always going to be people that are insecure about their bodies, no matter if they consume media or not. However, with the introduction of all these influences, porn, the amount of people that are insecure in their bodies goes up. And we've seen that from even the smallest example of pubic hair. Pubic hair was not this huge taboo thing before the introduction of internet porn, but now it's like almost an expectation that women have no pubic hair due to the massive increase and popularity of internet porn. So I kind of see this sort of stuff in the same vein. Yes, if you were insecure about your nose or your boobs or your butt or whatever, you might still get surgery. However, if you've never even thought about that before, but then you see all over your phone and your laptop that people who look like you are changing the way that they look, you then start to reflect inwards and think, fuck, is that what I should be doing then? Yeah, I I think you're definitely right in that aspect. Yeah, there needs to be responsibility. And I feel like it's not just in influencing, it's in all social media. There has to be some kind of way to make people responsible for the effect they're having on other people online because the facts are there, like, 
people, especially women, can generally end up feeling really shit about their bodies or end up, especially with food diets as well. I was just going to say that this is a good way to slide into what Estelle wanted to speak about in terms of misinformation on social media outlets like TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, in terms of diets, weight loss, health in general. What were you going to say about that, Amy? Yeah, it's it's not just body image. It It is. It's health. It's diet. It's weight loss. Watching people tell you what to eat and tell you to cut out important parts of your diet to be skinnier, all of that stuff that that can be really unhealthy because what does that person actually know? Like they're not a doctor, they're not educated in the subject. Some girls, young girls can be really susceptible to that because they'll just see someone who's skinny saying, I ate this diet and then they can start eating it and it can create really massive health problems. Yeah, totally. It comes back to that marketing idea as well of I look skinny and beautiful. If you eat this, you'll look like me too. And obviously there's so many problems with that because these people are not nutritionists. They have no idea what they're doing half the time. And something that works for one body isn't going to work for someone else, let alone be safe. So I think that's a huge issue, especially with the massive increase of people on TikTok and how TikTok is largely dominated by kids most of the time like our generation is kind of old on tiktok so if you've got one 15 year old telling another 15 year old how they should eat with absolutely no scientific evidence or information to back it up that becomes really problematic Mm. and i remember that in high school like sitting with my group of friends a bunch of them watched this raw vegan emily eats or someone like that really the banana would, girl. Literally would sit around and kind of just look at my lunch and be like ew pasta or like stuff like that and more and more every single day they were all bringing like their massive buckets of salad because they never got full off this like raw salad and like it was the internet you have to eat this way to be skinny or like you're disgusting and it's Obviously, we're older now, so we know, but it's like that's who the target is. It's teenagers. It's sad. Do you think it's gotten better? I feel like it's gotten better, but perhaps it's just because we're older and I am not paying attention to that type of stuff anymore. You're right. Like the only examples I can think of are things that I saw when I was younger, like when I was 14, 15. I remember watching like Freely, the banana girl, and she'd be like, I eat 16 bananas a day. Um, and that's really good for you and then I'd start asking my mum to stock up on bananas type of thing I feel like that these people are getting more and more criticized and there are more and more conversations around it but I do think they're manifesting in different ways for example on TikTok it's coming across as this is what I eat in a day as a model this is what I eat in a day as a blah 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 it's not exactly people telling you what to eat because I think we live in such a PC culture now that if someone made a video saying you need to eat this to be skinny people would tell them off but it's coming it's more coming across in a more kind of lifestyle what I eat in a day and 
type of content, if that makes sense. It does kind of tie in with that whole Emma Chamberlain, her style of vlogging. It's this very aesthetic, what it's like to be a skinny girl lifestyle type of thing. When you say the point of, oh, they're not telling you what to eat anymore. I don't think anyone, and I remember that vegan bullshit phase I think it was when we were in year nine or year 10. And I remember so many people going. Plant-based hamstergram. Plant-based. We remember you. Shout her out. (laughs) (laughs) It was all so many of those influences. It was just these eating disorders disguised as raw vegan. And I've seen so many people come out since then and admit that they had eating disorders. And these were the girls who were all over our YouTube, all over our Instagram, and everyone wanted to look like them. And my friends in high school who followed that ended up with eating disorders. Yeah, it was so problematic. It was like eat 15 carrots and no protein every day terrific you you will be so skinny I've also seen heaps of stuff about people getting really bad like stomach problems since doing that diet for so long because your body isn't supposed to have that much raw vegetables anyway that's a different topic but I think this idea of I don't remember in those videos of girls saying this is what you must eat there were all this what I eat in a day stuff But again, it comes back to that idea of the subconscious. So while we may look at stuff on TikTok now that are like, you know, what I eat in a day as a model, we've been through that stupid raw vegan phase of year nine and year 10, where we now are able to recognize, oh, this is really stupid and this is not what I could eat. However, maybe someone who's 15 or 14 and is a bit more vulnerable might look at those videos and think, oh, my God, you know, this is some Victoria's Secret model. It's Kendall Jenner or whoever it is. This is how I should eat as well if I want to look like that. I think these things definitely still exist. What do you think about body positive influences, dare I say, Trisha Paytas, who make the same type of content to normalise, I guess, what they eat in a day just as there's people like models and stuff creating those videos there's also those influencers who you know aren't skinny who are creating those videos as well do you think that we should just stop talking about what we eat altogether um happen though i think that's a really interesting question Because I also think that on the other end of the spectrum, if you have a really unhealthy diet, is that okay to promote? I have to admit, I don't know what Trisha Paytas eats. Love love Trisha Paytas, but I don't know a lot about what she eats. However, I think of, so I think it's Vogue or one of those types of publications does a YouTube series where they interview celebrities about what their average day looks like. It's called like day on a plate or something. There was one with Grimes, who's obviously (laughs) very thin. And if you looked at her, maybe you thought she's healthy, but you look at what she eats and she, she got scurvy or something from basically eating too much pasta. Yeah. Eating way too much pasta, not eating any vegetables, not eating any meat, basically just having beans on toast every day. And so you can look at that and also be like, that is really unhealthy. That should not be promoted either. But I don't know. Do 
silencing people about what they eat. I don't know if that's the best way either. It's a really tough conversation. The thing about now, though, is that even on TikTok, like I, I don't like TikTok, but when you're swiping, you'll see someone say, eat raw vegan, do this. But then there's way more people these days that are doctors and health nutritionists that will pop up after being like, no, this is actually unhealthy. I'm a doctor, do this. Whereas back in the day when we were in high school, it was kind of like you watched one YouTube channel and didn't really get the other perspective. I don't know. I think there's more people kind of out there contradicting information. For sure. I guess it comes back to the question of who is responsible. Obviously, these nutritionists and these scientists that are coming on and sharing their knowledge and information is so valuable. However, for them to have to do that on every single problematic food video is just an impossible task, especially on something like TikTok when new videos are going up every second. But yeah, I don't know what the solution is. Does TikTok need to have better censorship in terms of what can be posted and what can't do trigger warnings need to be put up I've got no idea it's really hard space to navigate I just think we need to stop putting good looking people who don't study and put a basis of knowledge up on this big platform I think we need to start normalizing normal influencers who know what they're talking about who have studied in what they're talking about I know that sounds really harsh and kind of a bit rough, but like it's it's kind of this cycle, you know, and I think when we talk about like plastic surgery and stuff, I think a lot of people assume that to be able to have that type of platform, you don't have to know all the background of knowledge. You just have to look a certain way and then people will listen to you. People will hear what you have to say. It comes back to that idea of what we were talking about before about the beauty standard. So it's this cycle of the only reason that these people that we've mentioned before are successful on these platforms most of the time is because they're hot. Do you think that we need to make it harder for people who are under 18 to access the programs or specific? I don't know how that would happen. But on TikTok and stuff like that, like if you're under 18, you all that stuff about diet and plastic surgery and all that stuff kind of gets filtered out. Do you think like that's censorship? Yeah. Yeah, it's like censor a pair of like normal tits, but don't censor like fucked up information that is damaging your child and your child's actual perspective with body image. Another thing that I've seen that's been popping up more recently um, on the YouTube and on the TikTok sphere, which is another thing that's being promoted by influencers, is various vaginal health products. Recently, I came across a video of this woman talking about a thing called detox pearls, which is literally pearls that are being marketed to women to cleanse out 
their vagina. Marketing, as always, is designed to make women feel shit about themselves so that they buy these products. But these products are really are not safe for our bodies. And if you actually Google you know, these things, you'll see a lot of doctors talking about how these aren't safe for your body. Like they completely just damage your insides. If you look it up on YouTube, there's these trends of women showing you what purges from their insides after they do these pearl detoxes. But all this information has just come from influencers who are like, yeah, this is this, it looks like it's doing a good job, but where is, where's the medical information that's behind this stuff? It frustrates me And Liv and I have talked about this for a while, like even just body washes that are marketed to women being clean in their private areas that have been around for ages, like FemFresh. They are just other classic examples of marketing tools that have been designed to make women feel shit about themselves and feel dirty. When in reality, if we've done our research, women know that the vagina cleans itself. We shouldn't be using products on that area because it actually really fucks up the pH balance. And if anything, will give you a yeast infection. Influences promoting things like that frustrates me. But I also feel like if you're going to that extent to promote something like that, then you clearly are not educated enough yourself. It's like the age-old embarrassment of having a vagina. Like, why don't men have dick-cleaning femme-fresh, you know? Like, just everything. It's always about fresh vagina. (laughs) (laughs) Because that's what it is. Have have you guys watched Mad Men? No. Yeah. I've seen a few episodes. Get on to it. Because it... talks about the history of marketing and how it all started with men essentially sitting around thinking, hmm, how can we make women feel shit about themselves so that they will buy this product? Like that's what it is. And it's still the same to this day. And it's interesting now that these companies have this new vehicle of the influencer to promote those products through that's what we have to reflect on at the end of the day these people make money by selling you shit you do not need Mm. so if they through their image can make you feel worse about yourself then they Mm -hmm. have a higher chance of being able to sell you something and either making commission from it or making money from the direct brand sponsorship and all that crap okay thanks I think we might wrap up there. Thanks so much, everyone, for listening to this episode of Bitch Fest. We actually figured out that we have so much to say on this topic, so we'll continue into different areas of being an influencer and what it means in society these days next week. While we're here complaining, saying, oh, we shouldn't put uneducated people on a platform, I also can understand that some people enter this platform as a means of building a career when they don't come from a place of education. Because at the end of the day, education, even though it should be a right for everyone, it is a privilege. And, you know, sometimes forging an influencer career is the way out for some people. So that's something we'll talk more about next week. Definitely. And if you want to contribute to the conversation or you have anything to say, check out our website or message us on Instagram as well as if anything today has brought up any issues for you, we'll link 
the exact details to our resources page in the show notes. So make sure to check that out.